Man, thank you, everybody. Sorry, I just got a war an error message on my on my Facebook thing. I'll try it again. Anyway, anyway, thank you for joining us on another excursion down the stream of consciousness towards the river of love and onwards towards the lake of tranquility. We'll stick with that one this week. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go with that one this week. I don't know. One of these days, I'm just going to make a real intro and I won't actually have to deal with this. But not today. Maybe we should get the intern on that. Yeah, yeah. I should get the executive secretary on that. Just <laughs> to, to saying. So, what do we have on tap for today? It's going to be a, the second half of the show, should be pretty interesting. But the first half of the show, we're going to talk about winning. Winning. What does that mean? Well, I was watching a. Back in the day, not too long ago, actually, I was a sports fan. I used to like uh, baseball, football, and all that kind of stuff. And the other day, I was watching a uh, a mini documentary, I guess, about 40-minute documentary, on Fernando Mania. Back in 1981, Fernando Valenzuela, who's a rookie pitcher for the Dodgers, and he kind of just exploded onto the scene, which happens in sports. But... He literally came from a town of nowhere. That today, the town is now big. It has 250 people. Oh, my gosh. And he had a dirt floor, you know, kind of mud walls, like 10 older brothers. He was like the, the youngest one. But at 15 years old, 16 years old, he had signed a professional contract and was pitching for the Mexican League, in the Mexican League. And he, at 19, 20 years old, he's pitching in the major leagues. And at that stage, you've won life. What, no matter what happens in his life, no matter the fact that he wins Rookie of the Year, the fact that he's got a World Series rings and he's Hall of Famer and all that other stuff, that's cherry on top. When you start from nothing and you make it, and I think that's what he said. It says when he stepped, when he first stepped into the the American league, not even the major leagues. You know, his first minor league American assignment. He felt he had won life's lottery. This he's living a life that he could never, literally, couldn't even dream of a year before. And so it had me thinking, how many of us have lives that in, with a different perspective, we would actually be winning at life. But because we have a perspective that's set by type A personality, we have a perspective that's set by other people instead of our own judgments. Not many of us don't feel that we've won in life. I wouldn't necessarily feel that we've lost in life, but we feel like we're always chasing. You're always running on the wheel. But we never stop and look and see where have we already won. Yes. And it also how it applies to your relationships, not just your relationships outside your work relationships. You know, what is winning at work? What is winning in business? 
Well, what is winning in your relationship? You in, know, your, in your personal relationships, yes. Like when you have a disagreement. We've been watching a lot of comedy. And I suppose there is something there we can talk about later. But we like to talk a lot of comedy. And uh, comedies talk about their lives. And, the, and it's always tough with comedians, right? Because how much are they putting on to their, you know, there's a grain of truth in their conversations. But it's comedy. And you have to kind of. Exaggerate. You exaggerate things a little bit. You know, you exaggerate the emotions. And so it's hard. But comedy has its uses. You get to examine something in a way that you don't normally get to examine. And so that's kind of a, a use of comedy. But it seems like in a lot of these comedians' relationships, one person or the other is trying to win. Win an argument. But how how do you define winning in a relationship? What actually is winning? We don't actually, we never, ever define winning. Sure, we want to win the Super Bowl. Great. That's an easy thing to define. You know, you're a football team. You have a clear, decisive goal. You want to win the Super Bowl. But only one team can realistically win the Super Bowl. And what if you're the team that was 1-15 last year? You don't have the players to win the Super Bowl. What is winning for your season? If you're a politician, you're completely unknown. You have no money. You're running against a, an incumbent, known politician who's got oodles of money and is too smart to completely fall asleep. You can't win. You cannot win actually the race. So how do you define winning? And pick anything in life. You, you're running a business. How do you define winning in a business? If you own a business, is it continued, ever-ending growth? Is it you get to a stage where you can hand it off to somebody else and let somebody else do all the work, and you kind of just take the responsibility? And you know what is winning? How do we define that? And that's the question. Because a type A personality will have a vastly different view of winning than I will. A type A personality will see their position in life. Whether that position is, is life is scored by money in a bank account. Or whether that position in life is scored by how high they've gone up on the hierarchy trail. You know, whether they've made vice president of the United States or the state senator. Or, you know, however they judge whatever title they got, their, their title. The executive. Yeah. But they all judge themselves how many letters they have after that, how many PhDs they have, you know, all those. Academia, yes. Yeah. So, you know, we all know the type A's, they let you know <laughs> what how they judge their winnings. It's clear. But what about for the rest of us? How do we define winning? You know, the proverbial house with the white picket fence and the 2.4 kids. That was mine for my young adulthood, yes. So was that winning? I had it all, yes. Now, of course, life, you know, in, in the back step, you had, you know, you won in life. Of course, you know, you get there with the microscope and you start examining it. It was kind of a bumpy ride, but... That's the point. At what well, level? Well, yeah, it didn't work out. 
But at what level? But did it work out now? Is it working out now? Yes. How are your children? Do you have, are your children the type of human beings you're, you're proud of? Very much so. Are you living the type of life you would reasonably like to have, to live right now? Yes. So are you winning at life? Am I winning at life? Yeah. I'm doing better than I did yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's the question. See, for, I'd say, I'd say we are. Now, doesn't mean we don't have challenges. Doesn't mean we don't have fault. Doesn't mean that, you know, the clock is still ticking and we still got time to play. We can still screw this one up and you can still fumble whatever <laughs> analogy you want to make. But. Oh God, I don't see that happening. Now that's a new worry. <laughs> well, it's, it better be a worry. That's you worrying about it at least a little bit is how you keep it from happening. If you don't worry about it at all, and trust me, but you don't worry about it in grand scope. You worry about it in detail. You're just a different type of worrier. I worry the grand scope of thing. You worry the detail. And so it's actually kind of why it works. You don't worry about the same stuff. <laughs> I worry about spending enough time with you. How could we spend and more? I, and I cut out and I make sure that I have, a, you, you know, there's time when we smoke. You have my full attention. and. But I want to make sure you have your time during the day. Well, see, in a relationship aspect, I think we're winning. I think I look back and I see my children are doing are doing reasonably well. They're good human beings. They're all raising their children. They're doing a better job than I was doing at that age, for the most part. You know, if I were to be a judge, they're all doing a better job at raising their children than I would have been at that same stage. And so. From a relationship aspect, I'm clearly winning. Now, from a professional aspect, got to figure out how to make this type of thing work. I've got a transition, right? I was a gig worker. Now I'm trying to be a, I don't even know what the hell to call this thing that we're trying to do. Media. Trying to make myself into a media mogul of sorts, I guess. But it, damn, I've got too many words. But that's the way life works now. You're either a, you're either an employee or you're, you're your own thing. I don't want to be somebody else's employee, so I'll be my own thing if I can. But you know, so that goes back to you know, how do you define winning? How do we define winning for ourselves? How do we define winning for our children? It's not an easy question. No, it's not. And, you know, we often judge ourselves for not being successful, for not winning, without actually sitting to take the time to decide what that means. Yeah, so on a deeper level. Man. Yeah. I mean, so many of us, we do. We, we look at the simple scorecards. Am I winning? Well, do I have a lot of money in the bank? Yes. Well, then I'm winning. Are you happy? Well, no. Well, then that's, you're not really winning, you're are you? are not really winning. Okay. Anyway, but speaking of winning, 
we've been watching a lot of comedy, and it got me thinking. There's a lot of male comedians and female comedians too that have discussions about domestic violence on men, and we don't take it seriously. We could never make those jokes about domestic violence the other way around. Oh, really? You've noticed that? Abusive, controlling behavior, physical abuse, and it's brushed aside. Ah, it's okay. And it's interesting because comedians, comedy is where we can usually take something like that and actually examine it. Yes. And comedians, they're actually talking about it, but we ignore it. More and more comedians, even even female comedians, are sitting there admitting, you know, and they're not happy about themselves. So at least they've got that. They're examining themselves that they're not happy about themselves. That they're kind of abusive towards their not physically abusive. They're at least the ones who talk about it. You know, they're kind of emotionally abusive to their spouses, to their partners, to their. And they acknowledge it, but you know, as they're working through it. So you know, you've got to give them credit for that. But. The complexity of domestic abuse is something that we we simplified it for a long time. And for good reason. I'm not complaining that we simplified it. We had a damn good reason to simplify it. Because I think in the past, there was a difference than we are now. So I think culturally. And I don't, and I, and I think our focus on the simplistic male on female physical violence was needed. And it was needed for a long time. And so I, there's not a complaint. But I think as culturally, we've reached the point now. And there's studies to back this up where when you take domestic abuse in all its forms, it's actually committed about equally. Yeah. Men cause yeah. more physical harm. Women cause more psychological harm is kind of what the studies imply. I mean, it's still hard. It's a difficult thing to study. Because, and I think part of the reason it causes more psychological harm is because men don't have any resources. We have nowhere to turn. You know, women have places to go. You've got resources all over the place. It's not a pretty thing, but you have shelters. You have uh, units specifically designed in the courthouses and designed to help you. Maybe they're not effective, but at least you have a system. Right? There's some sense of support system for you. Men have nothing. We can't even talk about it. In com, even in comedy, we kind of joke about it and let it pass on. And it's nobody's fault. You know, <laughs> this is one of these things people ought to say. Ah, oh, we, oh, you know, it wasn't that long ago where we were still living in mud huts. Complex civilization is fundamentally only 4,000 years old. The human animals, like human species in terms of societies, is like 100,000 years old. Massive complex societies go back to what? Ancient Egypt? Maybe a little, maybe a little earlier? These 
and societies above subsistence level, societies that live significantly above subsistence level, where we can have huge chunks of our populace not working on producing food. Yes. I mean, we actually need a tiny sliver of our population working on food. That has literally never happened in the course of human history. For the most of human history, I mean, 99.9% of human history, almost everybody was working on basic needs, just getting fed and clothed so you don't die over the winter was the, you know, was your daily task. That's what your life was filled with. That eased up some with farming. But only if you were in an area that was farming. <laughs> if you were in an area that, that still has hunting and gathering, it didn't change. If you lived in the winter area, you still had to go hunt your meat because meat was the only thing that really stored well over the winter. And now we've got air conditioning, heat, time, light, computing power, stored knowledge. And we have the time to sit back and look, hey, you know, this behavior that developed for whatever reason is really kind of crappy. We need to figure out how to stop it. But it's going to take some time. And, you know, talk about taking some time. I've got a friend's book here. And I, I was talking to her this week, but she didn't get it. we didn't get a chance to schedule anything. Um, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Chase Tkach? T-K-A-C-H? Sexual Liberty? It reminds me that her, she wrote a book, Sexual Liberty. Amazon's like nine bucks. Check it out. Um, we'll get her on someday. But we've been trying to regulate human sexuality since the beginning of human history. And it hasn't worked. These things are going to take time, and you have to do it in the right way. Otherwise, you just end up screwing stuff up. And we don't separate the predator from people in crisis very well when you talk about domestic violence. And there is a difference. There's a difference between people who are emotionally un, you know, immature, don't know how to control their emotions, and they're in their young 20s, and they've just never been taught, and a predator who you just need to get people away of and lock them fools up. That's because they're violent predators. The question is, how do we know the difference? I don't know. There's no good answer. So we end up with bad answers. <laughs> we end up with bad answers and comedians making jokes that about, you know, their lives, their friends' lives. And you just realize that we haven't really come as far as we thought we had. We came far. Right for, We're still having growing pains. Yeah. Well, and so many people expect perfection. It's like, well, you know, we have failed. Society is, you know, what the... Pick your system. Socialism has failed. Capitalism has failed. Well, if you think it's going to bring up some utopia, you're damn straight it's going to fail. You're, you're setting up a, a situation where you, know, you think it's going to solve all of life's problems, 
sorry, it's just not. Life doesn't work that way. Life doesn't get instant replay. Life doesn't have the great referee sitting in there sorting stuff out. It's messy. It's ugly. It's, you know, you're going to make mistakes and you have to clean them up. And you just, we're all just kind of trying to do the best we can, bumbling around into other human beings, trying to do the best they can. And then the older we get, the more broken, the more battle-scarred, the more cynical, the more all the various things that happen. And, you know, we end up with more broken people banging into more broken people. And it's not a uh, – it can become a, a strange, strange business, I guess. Life is funny. Damn. You get strange, broken people bouncing into other strange, broken people, and then you try to have a relationship. It's amazing any of it ever yeah. works. <laughs> it's a dark slender, and each of people get together. No, no, no. I understand why we get together. We're biology. We're built for it. It's a wonder it ever works long term. That's the anything works past, say, six weeks is <laughs> is the miracle. <laughs> you know, getting together. Hey, no, 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 no. Nature took care of that. We'll make sure we get together hormones and desires and all kinds of base things to get us together. The trick was keeping our asses together is the trick. How do we do that? After, you know, basic needs are taken care of. Well, I need this moron to to feed me and protect me. And and so, you know, I'm going to feed and take care of them. Most of humanity. But it's kind of that way. But at the same time, not. It's an interesting thing about history. We, as most of us know, we know the history of of uh, the rich, the powerful, uh, government. But we don't actually know much history of the average person. But every time we get to we find a historical look into the average person, be it in ancient Egypt, which we actually have some some uh, scripture of a, from ancient Egypt from the workers, just average. the workers writing letters to each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just average workers writing letters home and letters to each other. You've got the the people asking questions, doing the dear lovey letters to the Oracle of Delphi. So the, the dear Oracle letters, there you know we have some of those still from you know a couple of thousand years ago, fifteen hundred years, and they're all dealing with the same problems we're dealing with today. The same human problems. The technology is different, but the same base average, the average human being is still having struggling with the same problems. What is money? How do I get through life? How do I get my children to have a better life than I have? How do I? It's the same question. Why do you treat me this way? You treat your donkey better than you treat me. I remember one of those letters, yeah. Yeah, or or why does he let his his wife keeps running around on him and we keep telling him but he doesn't do anything. Yeah, there was one of those in the in the Egyptian letters. I say. Yeah, there's nothing new. Nothing new under the sun. And that's what's funny. Because we've progressed a lot. We really have. But <laughs> the details of around that are still just vastly similar. The humanity, how far back our base humanity goes. Not how that base humanity manifests itself. 
is change. But that base humanity, once, once we gather in in groups, mass groups, like ancient Greece, they used to not cook. They always ate fast food. Well, not always, but the, the rank and file person. Yes. Yeah, they ate fast food. Well, because you live on the sixth floor of, of a building, which you had five, six floor apartment buildings, little dinky apartment. How are you going to cook up in there? And it was insanely dangerous to cook up in your apartment. And so you couldn't. So you cooked till they have a store down at the bottom floor where you go buy your sandwiches. It's like the subway and, and see, even, even freaking subway and Starbucks had a new idea. It's been done since ancient Greece. <laughs> Be the masters. Or what were we talking about? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Right? Yes. Yeah. It's money, perfume, and incense. Yeah. Yeah. So when people talk about crass consumer revolution Christmas, well, guess what? It was money and luxury goods from the very first one. So... <laughs> <laughs> Had <laughs> that crass consumerism, I'm not sure that that argument actually holds much water. Now, you can personally not like it, and that's fine. But, I mean, considering the baby Jesus' first gift was cash and luxury goods, I'm not entirely sure that, <laughs> that we can complain about spending money and stuff on Christmas. So. I mean, you could think it's not a great idea, you know. Hey, it's not the gift; it's the thought. And so that's true, and all very nice. But when people complain about the crass consumerism, I'm going, that's not really a valid <laughs> argument. <laughs> you can personally find it by complaining about others. Yeah, you're kind of violating the Christmas spirit there because they gave them money and luxury items. <laughs> Here's some cash. Here's some luxury goods to make you feel better. Sorry. And we give those today. We give perfume, mm-hmm. smelly stuff. Perfumes, candles. Yes. Perfumes, candles, and cash. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's luxury goods. Those are luxury goods of the time. Gold was cash. Always is. Always has been. And and perfumes and um, incense were. Well, incense was a luxury item, yes. Yeah, they were all both luxury, all luxury items. Expensive. You don't, you can't get those things. Yeah, Even perfumes. Yeah, yeah, special and expensive. All right, we are going to take our short break. Okay, I think we're back. <laughs> We had a couple questions, comments here on, so we'll catch those. Let's see. Cliff Jordan, happiness is the goal. Winning is defined by the individual in a relationship you hope would be mutual. Yes. Yeah, the whole, well, the point of winning in a relationship is if you're winning, you're doing it wrong. As an individual, if you're winning, you're doing it wrong. And I mean, as a couple, you're doing it wrong. If you're doing it as a couple, it's called winning. Yes, yes, yes. That's winning. If you're doing it as an individual, if you're keeping score, you if you think you're winning. Oh, God. If you're trying to win a fight, win an argument, then you're doing it wrong. 
You're not trying to win an argument. You're trying to solve problems. Yes. Everybody should be should come out the winner. Well, well, at least no one should come out a loser. Loser. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah, because you might not come out a winner. No one should come out a loser. Because why would you want your person you love to lose? Now I get it. You don't want to lose either, so because you know you don't. But you know that's why you have to compromise. You love them. Why would you compromise? Now, sometimes some compromises are harder than others, and that's where you kind of hope you don't have the same, <laughs> the same tough compromise in the same spot. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's you know, hopefully your compromises kind of match. But anyway. Voluntary society is more desired society. Consent is a basic human construct. Ah, Cliff Jordan must be a fellow. Liberty level. Voluntary society. He is the key right there. That's how we know. Voluntary society. Yeah, yeah that's a clue. That's a clue from, from our tribe. That's a phrase from our tribe. Yeah, our political tribe. That's <laughs> just. There's some phrases that political tribes use. That's what I want you to know who they are. Nothing wrong with it. Thank you for joining. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Well, happy to have you. Yeah. Speaking of our our tribal, if you guys would like to help us out, you can go to anchor.m slash late night love, and they do have a donate and subscribe button. And they've actually added some things this week. So we're going to go and take advantage of those, but we haven't done it yet. Um, you can always find back episodes and everything of, of us at latenightlove.us. You can find me on Twitter at JazzRack. And you can always send us a Dear Lovey letter, which we love to read. We certainly do. At love at latenightlove.us. You can label those Dear Lubby. And if you have, send it to the complaint department. You can send it to me. And, well, we'll always deal with those. As yes, we will. One way or another. <laughs> that is complaint department. We don't have much of a complaint department. What are we talking we'll about? put our best people on it. Yeah, well, we'll get that intern that we don't pay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we'll do. All right. So, what did we have to finish up the show here tonight? Six gestures that show a man is in love with you and six signs that show he's using you. We're going to do a review here. Oh, uh, the lobby's got an article. Yes. All right. So, this is written by Alex Mills out of what? The new 10 news 60s dot com. Anyway, just six gestures that show a man is in love with you and you'll find it. And on, you'll find it. Yeah, yeah, it'll pop up. It'll pop up. You guys know how to use the Internet. We don't have to tell you that. OK. <laughs> oh, wait, I still got that one down. There. Hold on. Let me take that down. Somehow I missed it. OK. So what do we got here? Our first one. He looked at you all the time. When men are falling in love with you, they will have a special look in their eyes. I think everybody 
does, but I don't think this is, this is, uh, does he give you special looks? You know, I mean. Well, as, I, as someone with an anxiety disorder, I doesn't tell you jack squat. I was going to say, not everyone can, can be held to this standard. Yeah. You, you gave me special looks. I knew they were glances, but you had feeling in your eyes. Well, I'm just saying, you know me, I, the simplistic, anything that's overly simplistic, I, my alarm bells start banging off. And sometimes it's me just overthinking and it is what it is. It's a habit of mine. But <laughs> so I, I just become leery of overly simplistic things like that. Okay. Okay. He, you, the sign that he is using you, you are not special in his eyes. The easiest sign that you can realize you're not special to him is when he constantly compares you with other people. Oh my gosh. He always points out the good things in other people and that, that you do not have. Why would you want to be around somebody who made you feel like that? Who did that too? Well, because you don't, because that's how you already feel. And so they're reinforcing how you already feel. So psychologically, that's what happens. It's not, I'm not saying that it's, it's not a conscious choice. It's just uh, psychologically, it's just they're reinforcing how you already feel. And then they're nice to you sometimes. So yes. But why, but why, I've, I've been in, in, uh, some abusive situations before and it, it comes, you know, I had to make a decision. You know, do I want to be, continue to be treated like this? I kept hoping they would change and they didn't. Yes, but ultimately it was you that has to change. Yes, I had to change. Yeah, because they have no need to change. Why would they? They have life work is working theoretically working for them. Well, they, they don't have me anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, because now you've changed, so life wasn't working for them anymore. They didn't watch you anymore anyway. You now became a problem. You becoming an independent thinking person is now a problem in their life that they have to deal with. They don't watch you anymore. Which is a good thing for you because now you get to walk away and y'all get to be both be happier. They get to go be miserable in their life and you get to go be happy in yours. Works out for both of you. <laughs> and everybody gets what they want. Now, frankly, there's a sad life to live at some point. The, the rooster will come home. Yeah. But maybe not. Some people die that way. They are happy in their misery. I don't get it, but it happens. It happens all the time. You would think that the carnage of your wreckage of your past would kind of... You're not self-reflective enough to notice the wreckage of your past. Oh, really? It's the only way I think you could get through it. How else can you get through that unless you're just not self-reflective enough to see what the damage you have done to other people because you never got past yourself? That's talking a little deep. So, 
What do we got next? He loves you. Doesn't freak out even when you expect him to. Everyone has at least one dark secret or something from the past that they do not want to talk. They do not want to talk to or not very proud of. But instead of freak out, freaking out, he, he he's still with you. Embraces you in his arms, and he's probably more into you than you think. Well, yeah, being completely accepted. Yeah. It's a good sign that he's into you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, actually, even freaking out isn't necessarily a problem. It's how do you deal with the freaking out? Because, hey, man, you might freak somebody out at first. Give them, but, you know, give them some time to think about it and contemplate it and sit with it for a minute and say, all right. And, you know, I, I just freaked out. Sorry. <laughs> you know, there's, there is that depending upon what it is, you know, there are things that you might freak somebody out over and you just might take some time for them to, you know, may not even take a lot of time, you know, maybe only take a couple minutes. No, the only one I can really relate to is I had a toy and this, this person I was dating found out about it and didn't want to date me anymore. Well, it's called self-selection. Was so threatened by it. For some reason. Well, it's called self. That's called self-selection. Didn't waste any more time with that one. That. Yeah. <laughs> that, those are that's called good signs. You're not secure enough to handle that. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Well. Again, it may be that they just don't have the experience with it to know. It's completely foreign, completely taboo. He's never heard about it. He doesn't know that his mother has one. And so it's just something he wasn't prepared for. And the later in life you, you, you know, you come across that, the bigger shock it is and the less flexible you are in coping with it. So it's psychologically, it's understandable, but you know, on your level, it's a, I haven't got time to deal with that. You know, it's a, go find somebody else. Go find somebody who likes missionary position, and that's all they want to do. And you go, you guys can go be happy together. What's wrong with that? It's self. It's it's again. It's a select self. It's part of the selection process. You're finding out. No, you're not. You know, I just a lot of people get judgy on those kind of things. I don't get judgy. It just means you weren't meant for each other. Right, right, right. Well, you know. I don't think there's no reason to judge somebody because they're uncomfortable with someone who uses a toy. Okay, fine. That just means you're not for me. Yeah. That's all. I was shocked that he was so unenlightened. I, 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 I didn't respond very well. <laughs> See, like I said, you know, the, the, but you guys clearly weren't all that into each other. No. No, see, so that's okay. <laughs> Proves the point right there. <laughs> makes you feel guilty constantly. If he's if he's using you, he makes you feel guilty. <laughs> a mature person will hide, will try to help you become a better person or sympathize with you when you need obstacles in your life rather than make make you feel like you're never good enough to do a better thing. 
Well, here again, feeling supported. Yes. Well, anybody who deliberately makes you feel guilty is manipulating you and you have a problem to deal with. Now, accidentally making you feel guilty in a time of emotional period, right? That happens. It's a human thing. It, it, it kind of, you excuse that. Well, you don't necessarily excuse it, but you expect it. It's, you know what I mean? But if someone is deliberately making you feel guilty, well, constantly or not, that's a manipulative behavior. If you're trying to, if you're deliberately trying to make someone feel guilty, not if you accidentally make somebody feel guilty. That's what it's a completely different thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if you're deliberately trying to make someone feel guilty, why would you do that? You're distancing that person from you. Yeah. Well, even not even, even accidentally, but I mean, let's think about what we're trying to do. What are you actually trying to accomplish when you're trying to make someone feel guilty over something? If you're deliberately trying to make someone feel guilty. Good heavens. You, know, you may think you've got a valid reason for it. But you're actually manipulating someone's emotion to, to facilitate a response that's favorable to you. Doesn't quite seem as noble when expressed that way, does it? <laughs> but I just want him to understand how I'm feeling. Okay. I, I, that's understandable. That's an understandable thing. But you're going to emotionally manipulate someone to, to elicit an emotional response that's favorable to you. Well, no, I just wanted to understand. So you can get how you can, because it's, it's actually kind of the same thing. I want someone to understand how I'm feeling. Okay. But if you're using emotional manipulation to do that, you've kind of gone off the rails in terms of what you're allowing yourself to do to accomplish your goal. The goal is valid. I'm not saying the goal is invalid. If, okay, but are you going to invalidate your goal because the, the methods you use are immoral, unethical, damaging? Pick your... Yeah, it's mm. damaging. And it's damaging to you, too, because now you've just justified to yourself that manipulating other people is good. And you've convinced yourself. Mm. Once you convince yourself once. Slippery slope. And if it happens to be successful. Oh, good heavens. Oh, well, it worked. At what cost? You won't see the long-term cost until later. And you may not even see it at all. You may not recognize it as that cost. I see. So anyway, that's why emotional manipulation is not good. You, someone isn't understanding, then find a way to get them to understand or move on. If they love you, they'll try to understand. And if, if you try to understand, then You'll either get there or you'll get to a point where, look, we can't understand. I can't understand, but I can accept. 
Yes. And, you know, if that's not good enough, then that's not good enough. I don't understand a plethora of things about you, but I accept them. <laughs> well, it's called a disorder. If it made sense, it wouldn't be called a disorder. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what I, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Okay, right. another sign that he loves you. He knows how his behavior can affect you. A person who loves you will feel, will, oh my God, will feel fear to make you sad and be careful with every word and behavior for you. This is true. Well, sometimes people have a bad day. Yeah. Well, they, again, they're being overly simplistic, so I'm, I'm desimplifying their, their meaning in, in my head. Oh. As we go along, so okay. because otherwise I would have been nitpicking this whole thing to pieces, and we'd be having a completely different discussion. And I'm not in that mood, so I don't want to be negative, Melly tonight. So <laughs> I'm going to take it from which the intent of which it was given, and, and understanding that she has to simplify based upon the format, and give her the benefit of the doubt. All right. I, I'm sorry. I should have maybe I should have said I made that decision when I first started to complain. Didn't want to just spend this whole thing complaining that she was being overly simplistic. Well, you stated it once. Yeah, and I understand the nature. I understand why. It's just the nature of the format, and it's you know she's stuck in the format which she's stuck in. We have an hour or however long I feel like yammering on to talk about it. It's a different format, and so you know right. uh, we've got more freedom. So yeah. So he knows how his love can affect you. Everybody does. I'm assuming you do. What? You know how your moods and your behaviors and reactions can affect me. It's not just, I know this is written from a woman's perspective, but this, these things work both ways. I try to be mindful of how uh, I, I treat you how I want to be treated. I try to be mindful of my moods, how they would affect you. Yes. And I, uh, but I, and I also, um, I seek, you know, how can I make you feel more comfortable? I keep in mind things that you've told me. How, like, when I talk to you, putting my hands on my head, <laughs> it, it, it triggers something in you. <laughs> Took me forever. <laughs> Or, but you know, sometimes what's odd is sometimes these things crash into each other in strange and mysterious ways. Like just what was it? Just this week, last week, where it, it was the movie thing. For whatever reason, you wanted to watch, you were wanting to go to sleep to to movies, action. to action movies. And for me, they're violence and gore, and I don't like going to sleep to violence and gore. And so I spent, all right, fine, I'll just go off and do things until you fall asleep and the movie ends and then I'll go to bed later. <laughs> God, that made me feel so bad. I had no idea I was doing that. I thought you were gone. Yeah. I didn't know you were coming back. But what's the funny thing is we were both trying to be kind to each other. Yes, yes. We both want. You were trying to let me watch what I wanted to watch. I was trying to let you watch and go to sleep to whatever for whatever reason. I don't understand why you guys why you want to go to bed to blood and gore and, and destruction. But hey, you know, teach their own. Good <laughs> so you know, teach their own. 
<laughs> you know, but I don't like going to bed with that kind of thing because it triggers my, it, I, you know, I don't know. I don't remember my dreams, but I think it triggers my dreams. Oh, 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 oh. But oh, I can't, oh, I don't oh, know. Oh. It's one of those things. I don't actually know because I don't remember my dreams. Yeah, but I think I asked you, how come you haven't been sleeping? And you're like, because you've been having those violent movies on. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so now I check with you, is is Star Trek okay? You know, is Star Wars, is that too violent? But see, I, don't I don't want you to have to walk on eggshells to I pick am, a I movie. I am walking on eggshells. See, I, I, you should be able to watch a movie and go to sleep, especially, just, you know, a lot of times our, our schedules are different, so it doesn't really matter what you're watching, because by the time I go to bed, it's freaking over, and it's stopped, and you're snoring, and so, <laughs> and so I just lay down and go to bed, or I'll flip on, you know, put on red green or whatever it is. If I really feel the need to watch Goodfellas, I'll come in and tell you, are you going to be free for the next two hours? Are you going to be in here? Or do you want to come and go to sleep? Please change the movie. I need to watch some blood and guts and gore. <laughs> see, that's, that's what we're just, see, I don't like watching blood and guts and gore. And you try to watch it. And so but I try to let you watch. I don't want to stop you from watching your things just because, you know, I'm don't like to go to sleep to those things. And you haven't been feeling good. You had the vaccination. Yeah, but that was actually before the vaccination. But it was before. The, oh, that's right. But anyway, it, it was just strange. They said how we kind of did the exact opposite of that. We, we we both kind of exactly did that just this week. But it manifests itself in the kind of crossroads and crash into each other kind of in strange ways. <laughs> next thing you know, we're both kind of feeling bad because we're both, you know, you know, I don't want you walking on eggshells. And we're kind of, rather than we're not doing what we're doing, you know, we should have just said something. <laughs> we eventually did. We got there. <laughs> Well, like we said, it's not always a straight road, man. <laughs> Enjoy the journey, you know? Okay, another clue he's using you is he disappears on you. Everyone has personal issues sometimes that force them to change their plan at the last minute. However, he bails out at the last minute and takes them ages to respond to your texts or phone calls. Uh, he might not value as much as you think. Well, uh, my first question is, are you married? Well, we got a lot of these to get through. We got like 10 minutes. Okay. Um, what, one, sometimes taking response long, it, that's a personal thing. Some people just take a long time to respond to texts. They don't, they're not married to their phone. And so they just take a long time. Um, that's not, but yeah, if they're just kind of the disappearing, not around to help. I had a come here, go away relationship. It would get real intense and it was wonderful. And then he'd disappear. He'd drop off the face of the earth. And then he, then for, you know, like a week at a time. And then he'd just show up again. Hey doll, how you doing? You know, and then you're just so happy to see him. I let this go on for too long. <laughs> was it a traveling man? What the hell? Traveling salesman? What the heck was that? No, he was dating a lot of people. Well, you see, that's what I meant by traveling man. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Loves you. 
notice the small details make you happy. Oh, heavens, yes. Oh, yeah, we, we, we just ran off for 20 minutes talking about that, so we, we will skip that one. Uses you. Uses. Never tries to compromise. You never try. Oh, relationships are all about compromise, man. If you won't compromise, it's all one-sided. You yeah. got you got to wonder if if you're with a narcissist. You get maybe three things where you get to dig your heels in, right? Maybe three, you know, right? A couple, three things where you, right. where you get to be kind of everything else. If you're not willing to compromise, and then you've got problems, and the better, and you damn well better have reasons. Better have <laughs> reasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know, I've got medical reasons. I've got. You know, history trauma reasons. You know, <laughs> goddamn, I better be some fucking reasons. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because there, there are some reasons where oh, I can't compromise on this, and here's why. And here, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and if it's that's a deal breaker, then it's a deal breaker. We all move on. Thank you for, you know, your time. And, you know, it was fun. No hard feelings. Almost business like, but you know, and in a relationship, you almost have to be business like. Otherwise, it gets messy. Anyway. Okay, signs that he loves you. He shares everything with you and he expects you to do the same. <laughs> Again, overly simplistic. From what she probably means, okay. All the big moments. All the big moments, yeah. The, the exciting moments. The hey, I just, you know, yeah, I get it. I just got a promotion. I just got this big contract. I, I you know, hey, my my long my, lost my, son just called me. It's freaking great, and and he my wants to share it with had you. A baby, yeah, you know, whatever it is, and he wants and he's excited. He wants to share them. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, no, fine. Yeah, I just went down and you know played basketball with the guys, and I, I we won our game eleven to ten. You know, I I don't think if he doesn't share that with you, you should be feeling anything. Because <laughs> to a guy, it's just normal course of behavior. It's not nothing to share. We share every detail <laughs> of our day with you. Yes, we know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't understand why. <laughs> so you know. Don't need to know that. Jessica was talking about Monica and her boyfriend was out seen last night with with Jane's ex-boyfriend's Bob's new girlfriend. I don't need to know. I don't know any of these people. Uh, and you know I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff you tell us about. And and then you ask and we're supposed to remember. Yeah, but you guys like gossip, but you don't give any. No, we don't like gossip. We pretend. We're that good. <laughs> Uses you, emotionally manipulates you. you. Yeah, we, we went into that. Loves you. He's ready to talk to your problems. There is a big one. Yeah, well, we, we actually talked about that. The point is not winning in argument. Solving problem. I remember you told me we were we had just started dating and you you uh, you called your mother. You told me about a conversation with your mother. You said we had an we had a disagreement. We sat down and we talked about it. It was wonderful. Hey man, some things. 
seem small are larger than we think. Anybody who deliberately provokes your buttons, this last one, uses you, provokes you to make public scenes or stays silent, or, or silent for days. Yeah, anything that's emotional, that's, again, that's manipulative. Anything where you get to the point where you've justified manipulation. Yes. And manipulating people is wrong. Talking to them, conversing with them, you know, wanting to learn and grow and evolve with them is great. Manipulating them so they become something you want them to be. It's not right. What you should want is you want them to be the best them they are because that's what you fell in love with. And if you fell in love with something different, what did you really fall in love with? You know, the idea of love, the idea of long-term relationships are to win. But winning is contentment, satisfaction, happiness. Absolute contentment. And happiness isn't short-term. Happiness isn't a moment. Happiness is when you look back at your relationship and you take stock in your life. And you go, you know what? Pretty good, all right. Yeah, yeah, sure. Nothing's perfect. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, life's pretty good. You can say that. Then you've won. And that's all the time we have for tonight. You can check us out at anchor.fm slash late night love. You can find us at Facebook slash late night love, MeWe, and all the various other social media platforms. You can send lovey a dear lovey weather at love at late night love us you can find me on twitter at jazzrack and from me and lovey please remember to love everybody and good night good night